Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Demon, and joining me for the two-year anniversary of the CigarCast is Mr. Shane Reeves. Oh, is it exactly two it years? It is exactly two years this week. Wow. That is exciting. Episode 104. That's very exciting. I, I, had, I did not place that part of it. I was too busy messing up your intro. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a special episode if things didn't go off the rails slightly. So I was reflecting upon this today. When we started the cigar cast, one of the tenets that we put forth was we're going to smoke the everyman cigar. We're not going to have a podcast where we just smoke super exclusive rare stuff that's hard to I get just your hands a, I just caught a peek of what you're smoking tonight. <laughs> I've got to come back to that. I've, I think I... You have gotten away from that lately. For the, since January 1, I've had... This is the fourth cigar cast this in 2019. I believe so, yeah. And every time I've had something kind of exotic, kind of hard to get. So I will be coming back to it, but not this week. Not this week at all. So, inner, I'll go ahead and explain my cigar. That way, you have time to explain yours. Well, they already, the listeners already know what I'm smoking. If they just go back a week and listen to your, listen to my my eloquent description. Exactly. Well, so we went down to Madison to the cigar room this weekend because we had a poker tournament down there, and the poker tournament, a um, lot of fun. I'll tell you all about a little bit later how that went. First, I want to get my cigar introduced. But when I was down there, I wanted something different. I wanted, you know, you know, I didn't want to go there and buy a, you know, a CEO Brazil. Right. I said, you know, so I asked my question, what do you have here that I can't get somewhere else? They had the Arturo Fuente Toast Across America 2018 sampler. So this is a charity um, cigar thing. Which to- the Fuentes are known for how much they give back. They are. They're really known for that, and they seem to do a very good job with that. They're an incredibly philanthropic organization. There's two cigars, and I had to pay cash for them. There was no because so that shows that the charity is going straight back, and all. And it was two cigars, and it was a Julius Caesar. Um, so you'll that, you'll finally get to smoke one of those. Yeah, I smoked it while I was there. It was actually pretty good. It's one of my favorite cigars. Yeah, it was a Diamond Crown Julius Caesar exclusive, and a Fuente Fuente Openet, Opus X exclusive. Shark. It's not a shark. It's just a Fuente Fuente Opus X. And I'll, it looks like a shark, but it's an Opus. No, no, no. But the size. The size is that shape. The, yeah, it's that shark shape. So I'm interested to... They don't reveal the recipe of these other than to say they're made in the Dominican Republic and that the money goes to help families and everything in the Dominican Republic. But what else do you really need? I mean... Yeah, so... I'm going to give it a shot tonight. I'm not a giant Fuente guy. True. But this was something unique, and that's always what I, you know, certain people that I dine out with regularly drive me nuts when I'll go to a restaurant and it's an exotic restaurant known for their steak or known for their pork chop or known for their chicken. I'll have a salad. (laughs) I'm not going to say who she is, but she drives me nuts with that every now and then for about 20 years now. But <laughs> I don't know. So when I go to a cigar shop, I don't want to do the equivalent of I'll have a salad. I want to be sure. I want, I want to be with you when you listen to the podcast this week, just for that part. 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm not naming any names. I mean, it's still no, no of course a little not. ambiguity out there. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's just one of those one of those things that you find in life with certain people you spend a lot of time with. They do develop those habits, those idiosyncrasies. So I don't ever want to do the equivalent of I'll have a salad at the cigar shop. So I smoked one of them there, the Julius Caesar, because you had told me about it, and it was excellent. And now I'm going to smoke the Fuente. Awesome. So tell them about your stick. So I, uh, I referenced it earlier in the show that this is the same cigar that you smoked last week. This is the CAO Sopranos The Boss. Uh, you were gracious enough to give me one of these out of your box, and I'm very appreciative because I don't think I've ever actually smoked a Sopranos. Uh, I, I've smoked the Consigliere a couple of times and really like it. I've never actually smoked one of the original Sopranos cigars because, as we talked about last week with the gimmick cigar, something I always tended to stay away from. But also, um, price point at the time was fairly high considering what other cigars cost at the time. So, I, And I was still very young in my uh, cigar smoking career, if you will. Well... The that cigar is you know at twenty bucks at the time when it was released was definitely super expensive for the time. Nowadays, the twenty dollars cigar is not so big a stretch as it used to be. Are you having trouble? Did with you the see cutter? that it, it put up a fight? Come, <laughs> didn't want to give up. It didn't want. And this is I've got to pull the show over for a second. This is the first time I've ever done that using your cutter. I wasn't paying attention to which side I used. Oh, so you, you didn't v, do the platypus on purpose? <laughs> no, I V-cut my cigar just because I, I wasn't paying attention to which side of the cutter I used. For those following at home, he's using a Calibri SV cut. <laughs> which, which then held on to my cigar and didn't want to get, give it back. Aha. Uh-huh. It's like the, uh, the joke with the Englishman, the Scotsman, and the Irishman sitting in a bar. And the fly. And the fly. Yep. Give it back. <laughs> Yep, I love that joke. There's, there's all kind of litany of great jokes out there, but back the, to that cigar. There is something about th- having 15 years of age on a cigar. This, anytime I've had a cigar with this much or, or a similar time frame in terms of age, they develop a certain smell that it doesn't matter what it smelled like when it was new. It's almost a musty smell, but not in a bad way. It's a it's the the smell of age of you know of kind of like how wine ages yeah. and when you sniff the cork on the wine bottle you kind of get a little of that same feel when you know when I took it out of the cellophane which is yellow by the way oh yeah um, which I was gracious enough to do that before we started recording so the uh, listeners didn't have to hear that oh um, I what <laughs> I got to give you something wow. Um but the smell hit me immediately, and then when when I put it to my lips just now, um, that that smell comes through in the flavor as well. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting this thing lit. Well, that's a much larger vitola than you usually smoke, mm-hmm. and all they made the they made the henchman and the boss, and I forget what the third one of those sizes were. Of course, they named them all mob inspired names, and the henchman was the more Toro of the sizes. And all, and that's. By the way, always choose henchmen over minions. Henchmen much better than minions. 
Especially now that the kids' movies have come out. Yeah, well, minions are cheaper, but henchmen have bring a certain professionality to your villainous well, enterprises. Look, I mean, if you look to the Bond universe, which I do often, um, this is where my co-listener is going to tune out for the rest of the show. Um, if you look to the Bond universe, you've got several minions running around doing things all the time. But in more often than not, in a Bond film, the villain dies, but the henchman is the one in, that ends up having the final battle. So yes, always choose the henchman because they're the one who's going to carry on in your steed, even in your absence. Well, and it would be interesting to see how many henchmen the average person could name from the Bond movies. Because like, I, I can only do two. I can do you know Odd Job and um, the guy with the jaws. 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 <laughs> yeah, Jaws. Wow. Okay. <laughs> At all, but hey. I will spare our listeners, and I won't go through the rest of the list, but there are... If you keep talking about Bond, you're going to summon Tom Petty. So <laughs> we're going to have to move on with the show. <laughs> all right. After you say that four times, a, a circle appears, <laughs> and he melts up out of the floor into our midst and begins spouting. <laughs> no joke. I just opened up my phone to pull up the article I was just about to start talking about, and I had a notification from him in the Bond group on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Could not have timed that better. I told you, if you say it three times, he appears. Well, speaking of Bond, let's go straight into the gadget story I have. So, um, being a, a lover of all things uh, accessory-related, SD DuPont is launching the 7Cs uh, line in the U.S. next month. SD DuPont is the the absolute gold standard in the industry in terms of, you know, quality. They're, they are top of the top of the top of the line. One of the, part of it is their engineering, and, and but most of it for me is their design. And I have never in my life seen a lighter that's as beautiful as this one. I, I, I will draw that line in the sand and say there is no piece of cigar accoutrement that I would rather have in my hand than that lighter right there. That thing is beautiful. It is beautiful. Here's my only concern. It's a wall. 4,452? Well, you know, if you're going to buy ST DuPont, you're going to pay a little. Mm. Um, My concern is it looks, you know, it's definitely a wall hanger. It does not look practical. It would not slide in and out of your pockets well. The cleats would get busted (laughs) off. They would. The, The little compass would get busted. It's just... I don't know. I guess I value, um, it's part of my home design. I value function over form. And I understand that. And in general, I do too. You know, we've talked about the practicality of the accessories we carry around with us on a regular basis. But the, you don't buy a, an SD DuPont line two for that. Um, you don't buy an SD DuPont lighter to light cigars? What kind of a heathen are <laughs> Well, you don't, you don't carry it to be a, a workhorse piece. Right. This is, you know... So what, what Shane's referencing is the fact that it's modeled, you know, the Seven Seas line, it's, it's modeled very nautically themed. Uh, it's got a compass with brass uh, porthole style design around it. It's got a cleat, which is the uh, sort of Y-shaped thing that you um, ripe li- the tie off line against. Um, all, all on top of a beautiful mahogany and, and steel lined uh, wood frame. The thing is absolutely incredible. They also did a a pin to go along with it. Oh, and I hadn't seen this. Um, 
it actually the lighter itself actually sits in a little block that completes the the ship. Which yeah, is it looks really, at really a little cool. boat and it's got a little place to tile. Yeah, so maybe not so much a wall piece as a desk piece, but it, it just you know their attention to detail in their design is second to none in my opinion. And this is just you know the uh, the fountain pen is also forty four hundred dollars. The um, and it is designed on a boat that it looks like the boom, which is really cool. Um, but I just I just saw that today and I had to talk about that because I, there will never be a day when I'm going to spend four thousand dollars on a cigar lighter. Just not going to happen. But uh, man, if I if I all right if I hit the lottery tomorrow night, I'm walking in with one of those. You're buying one. I'm buying one. Uh, very very well. That and it, it's beautiful and the SD Dupont gear is beautiful. But I almost would like to see ST DuPont come out with a workhorse line, you know, kind of like the life-proof cases well, and the all mini those jet. things that come out. I mean, you know, in their in their roller flint line, they don't have that, certainly. But, they, I mean, well, I think their regular line, too, is about 500 bucks. So, when you compare that against the industry, yes, that's still ridiculous. When you compare that against ST DuPont, it's not bad. But they also have the mini jet and the maxi jet, which are only hundred hundred and twenty five dollar lighters, which is what you and I have spent on the Julius. So that's it true. Really, isn't that impractical? That is true, and there and it is. You're always going to get excellent quality. It's an excellent company. Definitely going to definitely worth the money at all. So I've had to perform surgery on my cigar already. I saw that. Both of these cigars had the same thing. They had a knot in the middle of them. And I had to take my pick and push through that to free up the draw. Did you get it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was funny because actually as I was pushing the pick, I could feel the knot moving inside the wrapper. Mm. And that's interesting that that, that both cigars, that one was a Julius and one was an Opus, both of them had out of the same box. You would not expect knot. that out of those cigars. No, usually you don't. I mean, th- this Opus, it's good. Um, I hope it gets better. For the, for the valid, you know, the big Opus X reputation, I certainly hope this gets better as I get down through the cigar. So give me the Sopranos. It's uh, All I'm tasting is that aged flavor. I'm not actually tasting the cigar yet. Um, I'm not on a fresh palate tonight. I wonder if that's having something to do with it. It's It's quite overpowering. Are you getting that sweet kind of feel, that Very, melony? Uh, almost, almost to the point that I'm not liking it. I'm not sure. there, but it's it's just so much different from what I was expecting. It is, you know, for the consigliere to supposedly be the same cigar, this ain't it, as they say. The consigliere was their best shot at making the same right. cigar. No, and they couldn't have made the same cigar and had it at the price point the consigliere is. That just wasn't going to be possible. Yeah. So I understand that, but it's just I don't know what my expectations were going into the cigar, but this is not um, this is not what my expectation would have been. Uh, not not that that's a good or a bad thing. It just is. At what age does a cigar become a cigar unto its own? Um, at what age does it is it no longer a CAO Sopranos, and is it the CAO Soprano with fifteen years age? I mean, what age does a cigar take on a life of its own where the blend is no longer more effective than the age? Um, I would say, 
I, I'm almost wondering, because you were mentioning the sweetness from this you, when you were talking last. I almost wonder if somewhere in that humidor where they had been stored for the last 15 years, if they weren't beside a flavored cigar. If there hadn't been some leakage. I'm wondering from if the- there's some leakage from a flavored cigar on this. That's kind of what I'm getting the impression of. But I, I can say at five years... Uh, at the beginning of last year, I think it was, or maybe about springtime, I had a Headley Grange, which is not my favorite of the crowned heads lines that had five years of age on it. And that was way, way up there on my list in terms of cigars that I've enjoyed in my life. So I can definitely say at the five-year mark, you're definitely into that sort of where you have to talk about how long it aged to truly get a feel for so I, I don't know that I've smoked anything in the two to four year range to be able to say if it happened somewhere in there. I do know at a year it's not there on any cigar I've ever had. But uh, I'd be interested to put sock some things away for two to five years and kind of see when that happens. Well, you know, currently aging in my humidor. I've got the, the 2017 Los Calaveras that I bought a box of. I've still got half a box of those that have been aging, so now they're almost two years old. I've also got the um, uh, CAO Anacondas, mm-hmm. the Amazon Basin Anacondas, that I'm letting age, which I don't know how age is going to treat that cigar because it's such a powerful cigar already. Well, and you don't know how the Braganca is going to... Re- really react to that um, you know I've been aging for about three years some hand rolls that mom and dad brought me back that keep getting better every year but it seems to me like a lighter cigar ages better than a darker heavier cigar I think there's something to be said for that because uh, you know with a lighter cigar you're going to pick up more nuance you're going to get more development of flavor whereas with a stronger cigar you're actually going to lose the strength so you kind of need, if you're going to age a, a full-bodied cigar, it needs to be one that has a lot of flavor to go with it so that that flavor can develop and you don't just lose the strength and lose everything that the cigar had to offer. Now, do you, when you age your cigars, in the cellophane or out? Out. You take them out of the cellophane yeah. to age? For, I prefer my cigars without cellophane on them just in general. If it's going into a travel humidor, I leave the, the cellophane on. If it is going to just sit in my desktop humidor, the cigar, the cellophane's coming off. Just to give it time to age properly. You don't worry about any cross-contamination or anything? I don't have anything in my humidor that I have to worry about that. Everything that I smoke is fairly similar. And you may get a little bleed over if, you're, if you've got two different things. You know, If you're really worried about that, stick an index card between the two different cigars. That's all you really need to do. Well, and I've, I've thought about that because I've actually wondered, because, you know, used to be a comic book guy, and you know, having a acid-free backer board was a huge deal because people would put poster boards in between their comics, and mm-hmm. the acid would actually damage the comics. Mm-hmm. So I was actually thinking the other day, you know, should there be a little, some sort of a divider set up there, something along those lines? I mean, you know, and that's why so many humidors that you can buy come equipped with those cedar dividers. You know, if that's the sort of thing that's important to you. Well, and of course, my big humidor, I have the luxury of storing them in the box. Right. And I think in the box is the ideal way to age a a cigar. Uh, Absolutely. Um, But even then, 
uh, back when I used to be a locker member back in, in Atlanta, I would buy cigars at a time and I would leave them in the box in my, my locker. I would take them all out of the box, take the cellophane off, put them back in the box, and then put them in my locker. I can see that. I can, I can see that. I, it makes perfect sense to me. It'd it almost be on... worth doing a, a little bit of a test there. Take half of the box out of the cellophane, leave the other half in, and then taste them sort of back-to-back at, at whatever intervals you're smoking to see, see if what it, it makes does a in a year. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting. Time, time is the one thing you can't buy. Right. You know, and the time on the cigars is really, really important. But like I said, when I smoked that cigar, the sweetness in it just really appealed to me. And as I got about halfway down, the sweetness kind of went away to a degree. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Like I said, the, the sweetness for me is just a little too overpowering, and it's kind of taking over anything else that I would get out of the cigar. I'm, I'm hoping that it calms down here a little bit. But, okay, give me my surprise. Hurry, hurry, hurry. All right. <laughs> it is... Uh, um, Trey promised me a surprise before the I show, did. and so I was very excited. It is a. Uh, actually, let me get. Let's get to this in the second half of the show because I misread the title of this article, so it may not be as big a surprise as I thought it was going to be. Oh, sure, tease me. Yeah, well, you know, all right. Well, I'll talk about the other thing that I pulled up just for you uh, because I want to know how many boxes of this Corona cigar that you've ordered. So they got an exclusive called the Sin Compromiso number six or, or no compromise number six. If you, if you're an English speaker, um, it is a, it, it's made by Steve Saka and it's a Mexican San Andreas wrapper over Ecuadorian Habano binder and Nicaraguan filler. That sounds very good. That does. And it, yeah. So Corona cigars just got them in, uh, the six by 60, so it's right up your alley. So I, I read this. Uh, they're eighteen fifty a stick, but I was curious if you've seen this, if you've got any boxes on order. I have not. That's interesting. I have not seen it. Um, this is the first I'm actually hearing about it. So it's, it's Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust is the, the company that's actually making it, and that's Steve Saka's company. Uh, but so far, Corona Cigars, which... Yeah, we've been talking about more and more lately, but they're going to be the only cigar shop that uh, gets a hold of that. Well, and yeah, here it is. I've actually actually just pulled it up. Seems like I have smoked something with the Sin label on it before. That's possible. What else does he make? There's something else with the Sin label on it that, that he makes that I have smoked. And all. But next time I go down there, I'll definitely try one because it, it's nice dark wrapper. I like it when they wrap the bottom in the cedar. Um, it's showing it to be a medium to full, but it's showing closer to full than medium. And I would have to guess, knowing knowing Steve Saka's blending style, I would say it's probably closer to the full. Probably. And you said that he's the Liga guy? He... That's, if I remember correctly, I was hoping to have an opportunity to fact check that before we went on the air. But I, if I remember correctly, he's the guy that is responsible for Liga. Well... The the recipe's good. The cigar looks good. And Corona seems to do a better job getting these in-store-only exclusives than anybody else we do business with. They really are. And I, I'm sure most of that comes from just the size of, of what they're... Because they're such a big shop that gives them a little more purchasing power. Well, and I mean, it's there's three shops down there. 
and all. I've been to two of them. I've been to the Sand Lake and the downtown one. And they just, um, they do a great job. See? Yeah, here you go. On the, just what we were talking about. The mini jets, ninety nine ninety nine on yeah, there on go. closeout on Corona's website. And yes, I was right. Steve Saka is the one that's responsible for the Liga Pravada. And I'll end it. To me, that makes. Sorry, I got away from the microphone there. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Where'd you go?" My this cigar is kind of throwing me because I'm I'm not getting as much out of it as I would hope to get out of an Opus, hmm. especially an exclusive Opus, something like this. It's just it's it's really falling flat on my palate, and I'm on a perfectly clean palate. I have not smoked anything all day. Um, I haven't smoked anything since about eight o'clock last night. Oh wow! So I'm it's really falling flat for me, and that's interesting because the shame. Julius was excellent. Yeah, I'm on my third and a half cigar. So yeah, you so you've been here a while today. Yeah, I have. <laughs> and all, you've been you've been spending a lot of time at the cigar store lately. Well, this is a satellite office for me in the new job. You know, and it's amazing how often there's nowhere else that that really happens other than the cigar lounge. But if you come in this place in the middle of the day, there's a lot of business going on in here. Yeah, and unlike Starbucks, is people actually doing stuff as opposed to just wanting to be seen doing stuff. Right, no, but nobody's nobody's in here writing a screenplay. You exactly. don't smoke a cigar and write a screenplay. That's exactly right. Now I do have to call you out. Did you watch the Padron documentary? As you promised our listeners, faithfully that you would do. I was even reminded yesterday that that was on my to-do list, and I, so I was working from here yesterday. Talked to my girlfriend, and she was, and we're talking about what we were going to do for the evening. And she was, she had plans, so I was going to go home early. She was like, and she said specifically, "And you're going to watch the drone documentary." I was like, "Yes, thank you." I had forgotten. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. No, I didn't do it. I completely forgot. I got home, and I was taking care. We're dog sitting my sister's dog this week while they were gone over the weekend so I've got two dogs to feed and you have to feed them separately because Oscar will attack York because he's got some food aggression and then had to get them out and emptied and then laundry to be done and you know these days my bedtime is like 9 o'clock. So you're telling me the dog ate your homework? That's that's exactly what yeah. Really really on, On behalf of the cigar cast I would like to apologize for Trey's ineptitude. And the dog ate my homework is the best thing he could come up with, folks. I'm not sure how we're going to ever get past this. Give but me one more week. I'll, I will give you one more week. You have, to, you have until this time next week to watch. It's like 14 minutes. It's not like I'm asking you to sit down and invest an hour and a half in your life. I'll tell you what. I'll watch it on the way home. <laughs> there you go. How's my driving? Text me. <laughs> so, But... Movie. Do, do you never? I may be giving too much away. Do you ever like put Netflix or anything on when you're in the car? Like I do, I do. If it's like a comedy special where I don't have to watch yeah. or anything, I can just turn it on. On you know, a lot of times when I'm on my way somewhere where I'm not going to have internet connection, I'll download stuff on Netflix. And a lot of their stand-up specials, I'll just listen to through the radio. Yeah, well, because I've found that I'm because I'm in my car more now. I'm going through my podcast faster. So I've got a couple of shows and things that I can. I can just put on and, and just do the audio. So 
I, based on everything you've told me about this documentary, I feel like I could probably get away with not watching it and just listening to it. You probably could, but you really need to watch it because okay. you need to. You need. I need your critique on the quality of the okay. filmmaking. Well, give me one more week. Okay, but uh, and but, text me this weekend and remind me. And text you that I'll text Noel. That's <laughs> yeah, that's a better bet. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll although she did her part, she reminded me yesterday. I'm just, I'm just a buffoon. Well, that's that's okay. I, I had to give you a hard time about something. So we're gonna go to break. When we come back from break, you're gonna give me my surprise, mm-hmm. and then let's talk about short smokes. We've All been right. teasing it for a couple of weeks now. Let's actually take the time and talk about some short winter smokes. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Trey here with this week's Cigar Under $8. want to talk about a very budget-friendly, full-bodied cigar. It's not something we talk about a lot. Uh, the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio 1970. This is a Drew Estate product and is just, I mean, for the, it's hard, in terms of bang for the buck, it's really hard to beat. The heritage of the Hoya factory is so unbelievable. You know, the Hoya, Hoya de Nicaragua factory down in Esteli has been there, well, it was, they did the Cinco de Cata this year. It's been 50 years. Yeah. And they're still producing these amazing cigars. This cigar is my cold weather go-to cigar. If I'm sitting in the deer stand in the cold afternoon weather, this is the cigar I want to reach for because it's just so full-flavored, and it just seems like that environment enhances it. Yeah, and it's a Nicaraguan Puro, so you're getting a lot of really full-bodied flavor out of it, but it's not just strength for strength's sake. It, it delivers a lot of flavor, and it's a great... We, we don't always talk about full-bodied cigars in the under-eight category because they're kind of hard to come by, but this is a great uh, in, entry point for that. So until next week, try the Hoya de Nicaragua. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting with Trey. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, coming back, before you get to my surprise, I've got a really interesting article here. Is it being played at volume 312 over in the corner? I, I wondered why the old dudes are turning the TV up so loud. Did they right see as soon as we hit record, exactly. And uh, for some reason, they feel the need to make it as loud as possible. But we shall soldier on through this. It's UT versus Vandy men's basketball, I, apparently. Okay, it still why. doesn't need to be you that know, loud. It, it doesn't, but it explains their behavior a little bit. So... Louisville Cigar Company is fighting Maker's Mark on the Maker's Mark cigar. Have you seen this lawsuit? I, I did. I didn't pull the article, but I saw it. They're, they're actually suing each other, aren't they? So Maker's Mark, for years, there was the Maker's Mark cigar. We all seen it in there. Right. With the That's what this reminds me of. What's that? This tastes like one of the bourbon-infused cigars. Interesting. Well, it couldn't have been it couldn't have been bleed over from Maker's Mark because they're, they're sealed, in a sealed with, glass tube. So with the dripping red wax. So when Maker's Mark in January said to Ted Cigars, "Hey, we don't want to make the Maker's Mark cigar anymore," they said that's fine. So they started making Ted's bourbon infused cigars and dripping the wax over the top of the band. 
And Maker's Mark said the dripping wax is our thing. Well, now this is what's interesting because Maker's Mark is talking out of both sides of their mouth because before Ted's asked Maker's Mark to sue Gurkha because Gurkha does the dripping wax and Maker's Mark says we don't own a copyright on dripping wax. (laughs) So there's a lot of nuance here between two companies I've never smoked one. The price tag on the Maker's Mark cigar has always ran me off. And, you know, we talked last week about gimmick cigars. And we forgot to mention this. This seems like the most gimmicky of the gimmicked cigars. The only way, the only thing I will, and not to drag this topic back up, but another one I forgot last week, speaking of the wax strip, is the uh, the Gurkha HMR, Her Majesty's Reserve, the, the $1,000 cigar or whatever it is, $1,300 cigar. Speaking of gimmicks, that just reminded me of that. But it's the same. Like you said, it's the wax-covered yeah, glass tube. The, but And it's interesting because the Maker's Mark does the dripping wax, and it's red wax. Um, I can almost see Maker's Mark point, but what does this really gain them? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, Ted's, cigar, Ted's bourbon cigars are not selling off the shelves like hotcakes. Well, and I'm guessing Maker's Mark cigars probably weren't selling off the shelves quite too quickly either, or they wouldn't have discontinued the partnership. Right. So this is kind of, you know... <laughs> so you know how much revenue is here? <laughs> is it really worth the fight to lose that much that you've already written off? In a game of losers, there are no winners. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is leaning toward, is that kind of a realm. So I'm, I'm just... That, that story bum-fuzzles me, but I thought it was interesting. So go on with my surprise if you can do it over the sound of the loudest basketball game in the history of the cigar room. <laughs> I will try. I, I didn't realize we were going to be watching the game live tonight, but okay. All right, so I have a cigar review for you. Just to a cigar that I think you'll be very interested in. In, I want you to try and guess, but also it offers a little bit vindication for you because I know that you were a little upset at being passed over when this cigar was first announced. Now I know who you're talking about. This is a cigar, so I want you to try and... I, I'm, I, I definitely just gave it away, but I want to see if you can identify this cigar. This is a cigar that will likely score better than I enjoyed it. While nuttiness is a flavor that I enjoy quite a bit in cigars, anytime one flavor is so dominant for this much of a cigar, it's challenging to enjoy it. The cigar performed well from a technical aspect, but was quite unbalanced flavor-wise. Um, these are the final points from the, from the review. I would recommend pairing the cigar with as much sweetness as you're comfortable with as far as smoking a cigar. While the nuttiness was incredibly rich and detailed, it was too much by the midway point of the cigar and the mouth was super dry. Um, it seems like a very unfavorable review to me. It does. Now, we're talking about the German undercrown. Yes. What's the gentleman's name? His name is... This is a long article. Sorry. Uh, John Islesbury. Yeah, and this is the one that was only blended specially for a shop in Germany. And as someone who totes the undercrown shade... Um, banner higher than anyone else. I was personally disturbed that I was not that the Shane special was not put out. Now, does it say that Willie blended this one, or is this a blend that, that that's built upon Willie's blend? It is built a- upon Willie's blend, and he even um, addresses this in his final points too. He says, "Anytime I see the description of a tweaked blend without any specifics of what was done, I'm skeptical." 
The truth is that just about every cigar is tweaked from Vitola to Vitola. And I think it's important to note that this applies to cigars, even when the only change is making the cigar an inch longer or shorter. Um, so basically, so it's a tweaked blend, but what he's saying is, well, what, what are you tweaking? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I've I seen that article and I didn't mention it and all because I was, you know, still kind of offended that the only way I could get one of these would be to go to Germany. And that's not in my travel plans in the near future. Nothing wrong with Germany, just not in my travel plans in the near future. But anytime somebody does, anytime you try to build, you know, you don't paint a mustache on the Mona Lisa right. and say it has improved the painting. And that's kind of what the review leads me to feel like is that they took the Undercrown shade and just painted it. And made a it worse. Off. Yeah. It got an 89 as an overall score, which really surprises me. Especially for, and this is why, you know, we talk a lot of crap about uh, aficionado and, and how their scores and ratings are based on their advertising revenue. I am pleased to say that Half Wheel, and that's where I'm getting this article from is Half Wheel, they actually indicate Drew, Drew Estate advertises on Half Wheel. Like, they put that in the article right above the 89 score. So clearly, their scores are not influenced by advertising revenue. But the original Undercrown Shade was only running 89. Oh, was it? Yeah, the original scoring of the Undercrown, the Bellicoso was an 89, the Corona Double was also an 89. And also, there is, um, there's kind of a history. I mean, even the Flying Pig in the Shade was an 89. Okay. But Aficionado tends, they tend to be a little more uppity. Huh? Than anybody. I know, uh, holy cow. <laughs> We're about to have to pause the podcast, and I'm going to have to go ask, could y'all possibly turn it down enough that I can hear myself think? I miss the days when I had the phone number of who was working down the bar so I could just text and say, hey, go tell them to cut it out. Hey, ask them to turn it down a right. notch that everybody in the store don't need to hear the game. Hopefully it's not coming through. I, can, I can, can't quite tell, but I'm... Wait. Okay, now we're back. <laughs> As you notice by the lack of background noise, and, and I love passion. I, I love someone I. that's passionate for their team. But I'm not sure how broadcasting the game at the top of the volume register available on the TV <laughs> is supporting the spirit of the team. I, I don't either. I guess the idea is that, well, they are playing in Nashville tonight, so maybe they're hoping that they can just hear it reverb back. Uh, I guess. I don't know. But now this is much better. Now I can actually talk and maintain a coherent train of thought going on it. For us to talk about, we've been trying to get to this now for a couple of weeks. Short cigars. With the cold weather coming on, good short cigars. Now, First, I have to ask some general questions. Have you ever had a short cigar sneak up on you? You buy one thinking, okay, it's only four inches long. It's going to be a 30-minute smoke, and it turns into an hour. The Toscanos are like that. They, I mean, they're not short cigars, but they're cheroot style, and they smoke for over an hour. And I think that has to do with the curing of the tobacco, that it's that dry-cured tobacco, mm -hmm. which you would think being dry would burn quicker. But the way it's laid in and rolled, they are a lot slower. You can't really – one of the reasons I don't dislike them, but they do kind of draw a little stiffer than what I enjoy. They do. They do. But I, I, I kind of enjoy that with that style cigar. You know, with the Cheroot-style cigar, I kind of enjoy that little bit rougher draw – 
it just, I don't know. I guess it kind of adds something a little more rustic to it. So if you're just calculating time to smoke, we spoke about this, about this time to smoke superpower last week. If you're just calculating time to smoke a, a given cigar, how many minutes per inch would you break it down? Hmm, I'd say about, hmm, say about 10. I'd say, I'd say 10 to 12 minutes per inch, ring gauge being a variable there. Uh, right. 10 in the Toro, 12 in the Churchill. Yeah. It's kind of the way I would do it. Because keep in mind, a good cigar should kind of smolder. It shouldn't necessarily burn like a roaring flame. You know, we've been on the show now for Actually, 40 Actually, I would disagree with you. I'd say it's probably closer to 12 on the Toro and 10 on the Churchill. Because the Churchill's going to be a smaller ring gauge cigar. I'm I'm sorry. I'm speaking. I always thought Churchill was six by sixty. No, that's a Gordo. Okay. Well, Gordo being closer to the twelve. Okay. Yeah. And also six by sixty, so you can kind of gauge a little bit of that. But some of the stuff that they mention on the um, cigar aficionado actually did fourteen cigar small cigars to smoke, and all. And I'm just gonna hit the ones that kind of we've ever heard of before. Okay. I'm not gonna go into some of the weeds, you know. Obviously, the Fuente short story has to make the list. It does. And I'm not a huge, neither one of us are huge Fuente fans, but I think that's a great cigar for the money and for the time slot that it fills. Um, The Ashton VSG and all in the smaller size. That, you want to talk about a cigar sneaking up on you, not from a time standpoint, but strength. That the VSG is such a strong cigar, you wouldn't think it is, but that, that's one of the few cigars that has put me on my tail, and the, in the robusto size as well because it just it packs so much flavor into just a short period that you you tempted to smoke it a little bit faster, but don't because it'll it'll tear you up. Well, and then they also have the last call by AJ Fernandez, which you smoked on the show last that week. That was a very quick smoke at maybe five minutes an inch. I mean, that thing flew by. Yeah, that. It, but I think it, and it was admittedly designed for that. It, it was, and but I would say it's a great cigar for, you know, if you're trying to fill a short period of time, maybe thirty minutes. That's a great cigar for that. However, I kind of have a hard time smoking, buying a cigar for thirty minutes. See, I do too. I like to enjoy my cigar. I like to put it down a little bit. I never let it go out. But I kind of like to keep it on that ragged edge of going out to being, especially when I'm talking to people and conversing. Um, The exception being poker. My cigar goes out all the time during poker because I'm dealing. There's no way to avoid that. But with the last call, I mean, I know it's a sub $8 cigar, but I don't know by how much. But I just, I don't know, knowing how fast that smoked, even for its size... I'd be hard pressed to buy it. Again. MSRP four dollar and fifty cents. Okay, then never mind. I, so that's about is that right. What it is in there? Um, he don't have them here. Oh, okay. And all, but the yeah, four dollar and fifty cents is the MSRP. So in the brick and mortar, it's probably going to be closer to six. Okay, I, I guess I can I can handle a forty dollar a forty minute smoke for six bucks. But when you're talking about that, one of the ones they have listed is a Padron Series nineteen twenty six number thirty five. That cigar, they say it takes about 30... They call it a number 35 because it's supposed to take about 35 minutes to smoke. I've had that cigar. It's a, I've had a box of that cigar. It's a great cigar. I don't think it's a 35-minute cigar. I've never had a Padron that wasn't an hour. 
Now, that may be because I've paid Padron money and I want it to be an hour. Well, and I think there may be that. But have you smoked that and it lasted you an hour? You yeah, of all people? Yeah, me of all people. I smoked one. They brought me one at wrestling a couple of weeks ago. And I actually sat there and enjoyed it wrestling. Now, granted, I was talking with the guys right. and, you know, blowing smoke and everything like that. But I'd say that's absolutely a 35-minute smoke, uh, for me at least. You know, the Ramona Yone's Small Club Corona. Um, they're saying four and three eighths inch by 42 ring gauge. I've never smoked one in that size, but I got to say that's probably 45 minute smoke. Well, and I want to step back from just the list itself and kind of talk about what makes a great short smoke for me, because, you know, you can get a Robusto in any, just about any cigar that's made. It's, or a Robusto or Corona is, it is very common if you can find, if your particular shop stocks it. Those are inherently going to be short smokes. But for me, there are a handful of cigars that jumping down from the Toro to the Robusto or the Corona actually makes a difference in the flavor of that cigar. Um, one of the... I, I, the big payback by Room 101 that came out like eight years ago was a perfect example. It came out in a 5x50, a 6x60, and a 7x70. And have you ever smoked the cigar? It seems like it'd be right up your alley. Yeah, I've smoked it. And at the time, I was smoking a lot of 6 by 60s because believe it or not, that used to be my size. And it was one of the first cigars I remember where the 5 by 50 was actually the better cigar. And there are a handful. So for me, when we're talking about short, sm- great short smokes, one of the things that I'm looking for and thinking about are cigars where going down in size increases the enjoyment not just a good cigar for the time slot, but also getting a better version of that cigar. Um, the This year's Las Calaveras was a great example of that. I usually like the 54 ring gauge. They usually come out with a 50, a 54, and something else. 52, I think. And I found that the uh, the smallest of their sizes this year was actually the best version of that cigar. You know, and that's... The the payback is a perfect example of that. You know, if I if I think of the two seven by seventies that that have made my list, you know, I can think of three cigars that I've smoked in seven by seventies. I've smoked the Asylum Over Ogre. I've smacked the smacked smoked the Room One Hundred One Payback. Sorry, my brain's just now getting back into a line. And I've smoked the Edge Howitzer. Um, it seems like when they went to the seven by seventy in two of those blends they just added more filler Mm -hmm. didn't actually add any flavor and actually diluted the flavor a little bit of what those are and i think that's something that you see when you get to the smaller ones is trey you're looking at something someone just walked by my car it was just making me a little nervous i had to make sure i locked it oh okay (laughs) it was someone got out of another car and just started walking to the edge of the parking lot and they were wearing really dark clothing and kind of walking. Robin, I didn't know what was going on, so I just wanted to make sure my car was locked. Oh, okay. You you were just concerned. You were yeah. concerning me because you were kind of leaning way down. Well, and they away. walked right by my driver door, like kind of in. The, it was really strange. But anyway, so the when you go to the smaller cigars, sometimes you can get a little more intense flavor because, by definition, they're not going to put as much filler in. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a little more Lajero and a little more binder and, and even more wrapper. And, you know, the thing that the uh, 
Lancero snobs will tell you is that you know the the wrappers where you get most of your flavor, and so the smaller the size of the the smaller the ring gauge, the larger percentage of the overall cigar is being made up for that flavorful wrapper leaf. So there is something to be said for that. But I would say if you're relying on the wrapper to be delivering the flavor, something's wrong with your blender. Well, not in, not inherently. I mean, if you think about the Sumatra wrapper that we both, um, not Sumatra, the San Andreas wrapper that we both are such big fans of, you know, that is a flavorful leaf. That brings inherently a lot of flavor to the party. Uh, Sun Grown wrapper, which I'm a huge fan of, is the same way. So uh, I don't think you necessarily rely on the wrapper leaf in, entirely, but I do think that a lot of that punch of flavor that you get is coming from the wrapper. There, there's something to be said for that, but I prefer a more evenly blended cigar. I, I don't want to do. be, you know, I want the blend to stand on its own. I want somebody that's a master of using that blend and pulling it together. I have gone from overpoweringly sweet to now charred kind of burnt taste. <laughs> this is very interesting. You're getting a lot out of that cigar. You're getting a lot more range out of that cigar than I'm getting out of mine. That's for I, sure. That is true. Whether or not that's a good thing is yet to be determined. I th- and I think it helps that if you had ever smoked the original I think Soprano so. cigar. You kind of have that benchmark because, you know, scent is such a, so integral, integrally tied to memory Mm. and the smells and the flavors and the tastes of all that because I can remember the taste of that Sopranos cigar like it was yesterday right and these Sopranos are not that taste they're they're a cigar of their own you know 15 years they're gonna they've matured Mm -hmm. they've become their own cigar went out and made their way in the world right but so Short does not always equal shorter amount of time. Now, do you find a big difference in box press versus traditional? I find box presses in general to be faster smoking than regular round cigars. Well, and I think that's due to the nature of how box presses are made. Yeah, they're a lighter roll, so you're getting more airflow, so you're getting more combustion. Right. They have to be rolled a little bit looser because they have to press them. And they have to have space to actually press those cigars. I've about rolled the box press off of this Fuente in my hand, just trying to get a little flavor out yeah. of it. Although, to the point that you're at, there was really not much box press there to begin with. No. And I will say it's a good cigar. It's not a great cigar. It's not, um, but I would need to have somebody that really enjoys Opus smoke it. Do you prefer the Julius Caesar? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down, the Julius Caesar was the more flavorful, the more complex smoke of the two in that little pack, which it was charity. I don't, you know, I, I definitely overpaid for them, but it was charity and it was well worth right. it. And I'll end, I was in a special place, by the way. Great job this weekend. We went to a tournament in Huntsville. You saying great job to yourself? I'm, no, I'm saying great. <laughs> getting there. Went to a tournament in Huntsville that a um, poker tournament. Texas Hold'em that um, a company puts together that only does charities. They do breast cancer fundraisers. This happened to be a wounded veterans fundraiser. It was at Redstone Harley-Davidson, which is a beautiful shop full of amazing motorcycles. And bravo. The Cigar Room was one of the sponsors, and we were allowed to smoke cigars in the shop. There you go. And I almost threw an ashtray. 
I did, I did manage not to, but it was a near thing. We're in an 8,000 square foot building, metal mm-hmm. building, 20 foot ceilings, no walls, plenty of air conditioning, and some old bat at a table is complaining about the fact that we're smoking cigars. Now, lady, I don't want to get too much into your heritage, but there must be some bloodhound in there somewhere if you could even remotely smell a cigar in that range let alone be affected by the smoke. And she actually asked one of the organizers um, if she was not, would she be able to get her money back if she was not able to breathe during the tournament for the cigar smoke. So I almost threw an ashtray at her. Yeah. And I'll, but it, it would have been seem, justified. It justified, yes. Didn't seem like the gentlemanly thing to do. Definitely not. But the organizers were very gracious. They addressed her issues and said, maybe you should sit over there. And that, you know, got news for you folks. The world's not out to get you. It's not all about you. Now, if we had been in a 1,200 square foot um, basement, yeah, basement with no windows, perhaps, and we had all, you know, 20 of us lighting up cigars, she might have had a call. She might could have said something about it. But first and foremost, when one of the title sponsors of the, per- of the tournament is the cigar room, yeah. You have to know there's some cigar smoking going to go on. It also makes me wonder, I mean, the, the whole reason that they're able to allow cigar smoking in that space, I'm guessing, is because someone has a brain. And they realize that on any given day in a Harley-Davidson shop, you've got guys starting motorcycles indoors. I guarantee you there is more harm to her lungs coming out of the tailpipes of whatever engines they're firing up at any given time. It's going to be worse than what's coming out of the end of your cigar. And, and you know, I say throw an ashtray at her. I'm not one of those obnoxious people. She ended up at my table where I took her out, which was very satisfying. She had trip fives of an eight, and I had trip fives of an ace. <laughs> and she told me she didn't like me, which didn't really bother me, because when she left, I could light my cigar. But when I finished the cigar I was smoking, I purposely did not light up another one due to that fact. Yeah, You know, just just being a good, kind, considerate human being. But, folks, live, you know, Lee Iacocca said it, and it's the best piece of advice a man can ever receive or a woman. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% what you do about it. And when what you do about it is complain about what other people enjoy, there's something wrong. But... That, okay. Yeah, we, I mean, and we we could go on for days talking about that. In fact, we have. The last couple of times that you and I have sat down, it's been uh, it's been very deep, and and, and we've you've you've been leaning on that phrase quite a bit, actually. I think I have. I thought, well, I've, I've a lot of going, a lot of things going on in my life right now, kind leading of me back to that. that. Yeah. And also, there's there's a lot of that goes on, but. Why don't we call it a week for the week? Why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of us? All right. Uh, you can get us via email, info at thecigarcast.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash thecigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, my final judgment on the Opus X, it's an Opus X. It's a good cigar. Um, it's not a great cigar for me. My final judgment on the Sopranos, on this particular aged Soprano 15-year-old's boss, I am very appreciative 
that you shared such an exclusive cigar with me. <laughs> that, that's the politest way of saying I didn't like it anybody has ever given. <laughs> but that, that is being a gentleman. I accept that graciously. I'm not someone that believes everyone in the world should have to like what I like. <laughs> so until next week. And on that note. <laughs> until next week, smoke a good cigar and think well of us. Yeah.